Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. Well, apparently, I have solved the Monday show issue. It's every other day that I'm struggling with here on the latest Monday edition of Markets and Mortgages. I am your host. Is that what I say? Yeah, I'm the host of this podcast, the aforementioned Tyler Crawley. And yeah, okay, this is the 301st episode of the podcast. I did do a 300 episode. There was a 300th. Kind of monumental. I mean, most podcasts, I think, I don't know what the average is. It's, I don't know, I want to say it's probably like 20 or 30. So I did 300 episodes. It's been on and off. It's, it's, it's been a roller coaster to get to 300, but 300 nonetheless. And I uploaded it, and for some reason, it did not go to Apple, uh, the podcast software. Because <laughs> like, like the, I said that like there was a period between Apple podcast software. I don't know what happened, but um, that's what I use. Maybe I shouldn't. Um, I've always used Apple and I never got my own podcast. (laughs) So I don't know if you got it or not, but uh, I did do a 300th episode. Um, That was it though. That was it for last week. And here we are starting a new week at 301. And we got a busy week ahead of us. Last week, the reason I did not do one on Wednesday was because there's, there was literally nothing going on. Uh, I had a rule when I did my radio show is I never wanted to bring a guest on just to bring a guest on. I, you know, I, I used to listen to shows where they would bring people on just to like fill time. And I never wanted to do that. I said, that's a way, you know, if, if you don't have something to talk about with someone, there's not a reason for them being there. You're just kind of just, oh, let's just have a conversation. No, there's got to be a reason for why you're bringing someone on the show. And now I obviously had to do a show regardless of whether there was something to talk about, which was kind of rare when there wasn't something in the world to be discussing. However, in this format, there are some days where, you know, housing data, there's just not a lot going on. There's no mortgage data, housing data, no economic data. Sometimes things get kind of lost in the shuffle when you have big news, global news like last week. And so there was nothing to talk about. And I said, I'm not just doing a show because I'm supposed to do one. And then I didn't do one on Friday because I got life got in the way. But here we are. Here we are. (laughs) I feel like every time I do a show, I'm explaining why there was not a show previous. I'm going to stop doing that. But here we are, 301st episode of Markets and Mortgages. And we had some interesting data out last Friday. And we're going to have a lot to get to this week. But let's start with what happened on Last week. Actually, this was all on Friday. We got two reports, one from Fannie Mae, one from the National Association of Realtors, both kind of connected. So first, we'll start with Fannie Mae. Not a ton of data, but good data. So if there's one thing that you've heard me mention many a times here on this podcast is that we have erased all of the losses from late 2022, early 23, and we have now regained all of that all of those losses, and then some. We are now at all-time highs, pretty much every major indicator, whether you're looking at CoreLogic's 
Home Price Insights, Black Knights Home Price Index. We got Case Schiller. I don't think there is data out there that is showing that home prices are not at all-time highs, and we can just add another one to the list. Single-family home prices hit an all-time high in the third quarter of 2023. This, according to Fannie Mae's Home Price Index. So this is a quarterly report. And they found that the home price index nationally rose to 334.51. So now looking at prices, you know, that's all built in. This is an index looking at where home prices are. So this was a 1.7% increase from the previous quarter, was the third straight quarterly increase, and it had home prices up 5.3% when compared to the same time last year. And is now, as I mentioned, at the highest level in the history of the index. So pretty much it is undisputed that home prices are back to all-time highs, which has really got to be a hit (laughs) to all the people, all the crash bros out there who really thought they thought this was it. End of last year, beginning of this year, here were those declines they've been talking about for three years. And then... It just didn't happen for them. <laughs> now we're not, not only that, not only did home prices not drop by the level they thought, we're now back to all-time highs. So we, we regained it all and then some. Uh, now, one thing that should be mentioned, and this was pointed out in the report, is while we did see growth quarter over quarter, it slowed. We did see uh, home price growth slow. So in the, in the third quarter... From the second quarter, we saw 1.7% increase. That was down from a 3.8% increase in the second quarter. So kind of a big jump in Q2, things slowing down in Q3. And Doug Duncan, who is Fannie Mae's chief economist, very cool name. That's like a superhero alter ego name, Doug Duncan. He noted that slowing growth in the press release, saying, quote, slightly slowing house price growth may reflect in part the affordability impact of the higher mortgage rate environment, even though prices were still solidly higher in this past quarter than a year earlier. Duncan also noted that, quote, we're now in the fourth quarter when house price appreciation typically slows and with interest rates both higher and more volatile, it would be reasonable to expect some additional slowing in price appreciation, but the ongoing supply problems continue to drive the larger affordability challenge. So what he's pointing out is that we could see more slowing. And in fact, more than likely, we could see a possibility similar last year where we saw home prices actually fall, maybe quarter over quarter. How much? We don't know. That depends on, once again, inventory. That is the driving factor. Everyone always thinks that mortgage rates are the driving factor. They play a part sometimes. Not all the time, a lot of the time, (laughs) but not all the time. And in this case, they're not really what's driving the situation right now. It's actually the fact that there are no homes available. Now, that number is growing. I haven't been following Altos research um, like I have in the past, which is a mistake on my part. But I have noticed that inventory is slightly rising week over week. And Mike Simonson said, hey, you know, this kind of actually surprised him. He thought that we were going to peak maybe a month or so ago. And so we're still seeing that increase. 
And that's good news if you're someone that is concerned about affordability. And speaking of affordability, that was the second big report that we got on Friday from the National Association of Realtors. They reported that housing affordability fell for the fourth straight month. And we are now down to a 24-year low. The housing affordability index fell to 91.7 in the month of August. So this is the month of August, still in the third quarter, kind of similar to what we saw in the last report. However, as we all know, of course, the the third quarter goes until September. (laughs) So this is from August. That had home affordability was down 2.3% from the prior month and was the lowest level. Home affordability is now at the lowest level since 1989. Affordability is down 17% from the same time last year. Because remember last year, rates had kind of already popped up. They'd slowed demand while inventory was kind of increasing, but it was mostly the huge drop in demand that really helped kind of level off prices, if not see a pullback in prices. And rates were lower than they are now. And so you did see a little increase in affordability. So the the index is at 91.7. A level below 100 means household, a household with a median income does not earn enough to qualify for a mortgage on a median priced home, assuming kind of the the main factors of, you know, putting 20% down and qualifying under the sort of conforming loan requirements a level below 100 means a median income doesn't earn enough. That's not good. That's bad any way you look at it. Uh, In fact, the qualifying income to afford a median priced home rose to $107,232 in August. That was up almost 3% from the prior month. Just one month, 3% increase. And it's the highest level ever they've ever recorded $107,000. And to put that into context, a year ago, this number is up 26%. So over a quarter, over 25% more than a year ago. And that is up. This is just mind blowing. So three years, three years ago, 2020, we are up 150 percent and that was when the qualifying income was forty nine thousand six hundred and eighty dollars so that is quite the change i mean you had 2020 you had home prices kind of stalling out if you remember pandemic was hitting people didn't know what was going to happen is housing going to crash is it not going to crash are we going to have a foreclosure crisis no one knew home prices kind of fell a little bit just a little bit month over month. We never saw a year over year decline. That didn't happen until um, 2022. But then you saw mortgage rates plummet. And so homes reached levels of affordability that I don't have the chart in front of me. It may have been all time highs. I'm not entirely sure. But you know, I mean, the fact that we are up 115% from then when the qualifying income was $49,680 and now it's $107,232. That is quite, quite the change. Uh, And not surprisingly, when looking at the four major regions, the West 
maintains its position as the least affordable region to buy a home with an index of 66.3. I mean, just think about that for a second. A hundred is when someone with a household median income, the median income can afford a home. Is it a hundred? So you go over a hundred and you have more people that can afford under a hundred. They're at 66. So just think about how many people in California cannot afford a home right now. That's just, that's nuts. Uh, but I think only one region, the Midwest is the only region above a hundred. The Northeast is at 88.8. The South is at 93.2 and the Midwest. Once again, the only region above a hundred at 119.7. Kind of surprised we're not seeing more people flocking to the Midwest. Lawrence Young, chief economist uh, for the National Association of Realtors, noted that rising rates and home prices are making inequality worse, saying unintentionally, no doubt, the Fed, I feel like that was a shot at the Fed. Like, oh, no doubt, unintentionally, no doubt. I feel like he was like rolling his eyes, taking a little shot there at the Fed. Uh, Young saying, unintentionally, no doubt, the Federal Reserve is widening social inequality with only the high-income families earning above $100,000 able to comfortably buy a home. So like I said, very connected, those two reports out on Friday, looking at affordability reaching the lowest level since 1989, and of course, home prices reaching the highest levels on record. So, not really great. It's not really someone in the mortgage business. That's not great. That's not great. I mean, there's opportunities out there. You know, you got buy-downs. You know, you can buy your rate down temporarily. Uh, those are popular two one buy downs. Uh, There's other programs out there, for example, where, um, you know, there are there are programs that allow you to get 100% of your down payment paid for. I mean, you still have to qualify all the other factors. I mean, there's, there's a lot of programs out there that are helping people in this time. But even with all of that, there are still people who would have been able to afford three years ago or two years ago and now can't. And so there's no doubt that we have to be getting to a point where something is going to have to move. Either it's going to be interest rates or it's going to be home prices. But this level, I mean, unless we just have like stagnation for three or four years and let incomes kind of catch up. Um, but you're, you're likely, by most reports that I've seen, you're going to have three, four, 5% home price growth year over year. So in order for wages to catch up, you're going to have to have growth outpacing that. So more than likely you are going to see, and, and we're likely to see it. I mean, I don't think it's, crazy to say that we could see home prices fall a little bit in the fourth quarter like we saw last year. We're once again back to a seasonal housing market where you're going to see prices jump in spring, fall in the winter. The way it always was. Before before the craziness of the early 2020s. So let's talk about what's happening this week. We actually have kind of a busy week. I mean, an exact opposite of where last week, literally nothing happened on Monday and Tuesday. We had a little bit on Wednesday, big report, inflation on Thursday, and then some data that we just talked about on Friday, but no major reports that were going to impact uh, kind of the 
economy as a whole, except for the inflation report. This week, very different. A lot of important reports. So Monday, as usual, not a lot going on. Tuesday, though, is when things kick off. We're getting retail sales data. Retail sales are expected to have increased 0.3% in September. We're also going to be getting home builder confidence data for the month of October. It's supposed to fall to 44. That would be, I think, the third straight month that we've seen home builder confidence fall, which ties into what we were just talking about, where you have high mortgage rates and high home prices, affordability is not at levels that builders are going to be confident about. Uh, And then also on Tuesday, we're getting a lot of global data this week, and we're kicking it off 8.30 on Tuesday morning. We're getting inflation data from Canada. Inflation is supposed to have held at 4% in September, and then China's economic growth for the third quarter is expected to have slowed to 4.4%. And we'll get that at 10 o'clock, so a little later that night. And then Wednesday's a big day. We get inflation data from the UK. That's supposed to show inflation slowing to 6.5% in September. Then we're getting the euro area's inflation rate. That's supposed to have slowed to 4.3% in September. So interesting that we're seeing the euro area kind of catch up to what's happening here in the United States. I mean, for a while, there's been a big spread between where our inflation rate's been and where theirs has been. UK is obviously still a little bit behind, but the euro area is slowing to the point where they're kind of, they can see us (laughs) on the racetrack (laughs) Uh, at 4.3%. Mortgage demand and rates always, as always, on Wednesday at seven o'clock. And then... You know, talked about builder confidence. We're going to be getting building permit data, housing start data, and housing completion data on Wednesday. Building permits are expected to have fallen 5.5% in September, while housing starts are expected to have jumped 7.6% in September. So once again, we are looking at a potentially kind of mixed report. That's what happened last month. We got mixed data, some good, some bad. We're looking at that possibly again on Wednesday. And then at 2 o'clock on Wednesday, the Fed's beige book. Give us an idea of what's happening with the economy. Then on Thursday, jobless claims, as always, expected to rise. 213,000 still. Very low level overall. Existing home sales, they are expected to have fallen 3.7% in September Mortgage rates at noon, and then at 7 o'clock, inflation from Japan is expected to have slowed to 3.1% in September. So a lot of global data and a lot of housing data focused on what is happening from a construction perspective with builder confidence, housing starts, um, building permits, housing completions, and then existing home sales data, but kicking it all off with retail sales. So kind of a busy week. So there's no doubt that we are going to have a show on Wednesday. (laughs) There's no doubt in my mind. And then Friday's show is going to be pretty busy. I mean, there's, (laughs) there's a lot on Wednesday and then on Thursday that we are going to have to discuss. So no doubt we will have all three shows this week, assuming life doesn't get in the way, which happens. 
It happens. But on that note, speaking of life, I have to go. You guys enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your Monday and Tuesday. I will talk to you again on Wednesday for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.